0: For more information about the movement sessions, the food, the center, head to my website, nutritiousmovement.com retreat. That's nutritiousmovement.com slash retreat. This is Katie B., and you are about to listen to an early episode of my podcast. Now the show is called The Move Your DNA Podcast, and you can find all episode transcripts and the show notes to this episode at nutritiousmovement.com podcast enjoy.
1: It's the Katie Says Podcast, where movement geek Danny Hemet, that's me, joins biomechanist Katie Bowman, author of Move Your DNA, for discussions on body mechanics, movement nutrition, Natural movement and how movement can be the solution to modern ailments we all experience. What's up? How's it going? What's, What's up? up? What? It's good.
0: I just taught class. I just taught class at the Nutritious Movement Center Northwest, and there's nothing I like better than teaching movement while actually moving.
1: You are such a great teacher, too. Such a good instructor.
0: You know what? It's really it's what I do best. You know, I podcasts are great. Writing books is fine. But I think that I probably could teach all of these important concepts just if people just came to class. <laughs> you would just go, oh, I get it.
1: I Well, like you said, it. the best way to learn about movement is moving. moving. Yeah. I'm so excited to get hands on more classes. Yeah, that's coming up. It's coming
0: up where we are going to make all of our classes from the center virtual. So people can just come take class with me two times a week.
1: Oh my goodness. I know. I just heard this collective <laughs> ee-e-e- across the internet. Everybody's excited. Hopefully it wasn't breaks. <laughs> <laughs> so we're just gonna talk briefly about our little adventure this weekend. Yes. Katie came to Boulder to do a one store book tour. And sounds so small when I know I just it's, like, it's spread over a year I don't it spread that. over a year she just yeah it's it's bits and pieces and I was lucky that she came to beautiful Boulder Colorado and we were at the Boulder bookstore which is this incredible gorgeous old wood walled bookstore that's what's about 60 70 years old what do you think of that did you like it?
0: I love bookstores. I love books. I mean, if you don't know me now, hi, I'm Katie. I'm a huge book nerd. <laughs> I read a ton. And it was so funny. The lady, when she was done, she was like, you guys are clear. Cause we're like, yeah, oh, <laughs> here, I like, know we're just yeah. this, da, da, da. She's like, you guys, each want to get a book at my staff discount. Go ahead. But yeah, total geeked out, like wall, wall to wall, floor to ceiling, old books. No, you know, I've been doing a lot. I've done some book tours through chain bookstores i'm not going to name any but when you go into them it's like they're half book half gift shop now like a yeah, <laughs>
1: toy store and yeah. toy
0: store i don't even take my kids in there my kids are like like they've never even been to a toy store but so i bring them to a bookstore they think it's a toy store and then they're like what did you got did you bring me any toys back from the bookstore i was like this bookstore didn't have any toys it only had books So it was gorgeous. It was awesome. They were fantastic.
1: Yeah, really, really nice place in a beautiful part of Boulder. What we did there is instead of doing a regular kind of talk, we thought it'd be fun to record a podcast, Yeah, which you are going to hear now. And it starts off a little slowly just because, you know, I'm always fumbling with the tech. I'm like a real wizard. You can count on that. (laughs) (laughs) There's no grand introduction, but that's why we're here right now is to give you that.
0: And also, I just wanted to say, so normally when I do a book signing or a book talk, I do a presentation, you know, for 20 minutes and then maybe take 15 minutes of Q&A. But we thought we would just take Q&A. And so we got some questions, but all of the questions were extremely, they were like technical and personal to people. Mm. And what we were able to discern... I think, and you can hear us through the evolution of the, of the presentation itself is I always assume that if you came all the way to, to Boulder, I mean, some people drove from far away to see us. I just always assume that people are well-versed in the materials outside of the podcast. So I record the podcast as a supplement really to books I've written. Cause I, I always think like, well, surely everyone's read movie or DNA. Or, you know, and then are using this podcast to work through the material, but that is not the case. And that's why it's so great to engage with the public and why I like to still do public events and answer the phone, you know, for nutritious movement. Don't call me just because you think I'll answer the phone, but I still do (laughs) that sometimes (laughs) because it gives me, like, I am just, I'm in a tiny bubble of I'm well versed in everything I've created. And I assume that everyone is well versed too, but you say people ask questions all the time and then you're going, did you, there's
1: a blog? The I don't and even know there's a blog. That just kind of became so apparent this weekend that yeah. there are, and if you're listening right now, which you are because you hear my voice, but there <laughs> are so many resources that cost nothing on nutritiousmovement.com, just the blog posts alone. 10 years of blog posts. And it's incredible because you can type in a body part. So if you really want to talk about that personal and specific thing or, you know, learn about it, you could type it in and see what comes up because Katie has just written about almost everything. And um, I think when I get questions for the podcast, many people simply listen to the podcast which is awesome because we love you. Yeah. And this is this is why we do it. You know, it's another free resource for you. But I think if you ever want to go a little bit deeper, even maybe before you think about you know asking a question is just say what what's available to me right now? Because that's something that really was hit home for me. Is that there's so much out there for you that you may not even know about.
0: Yeah. And then I mean, I certainly understand that the free resources are appealing and are, I think, underused in general because it's like, it's overwhelming. I took a phone call the other day and the man's like, I, there are so many things on this website, like I can't believe it. And I was like, neither can I, sir, neither can I. <laughs> but at the same time, you know, you can go to your library and request these books because I think in, in working with this gentleman that I was speaking with, you know, he's thinking that because there's so many things, I'm really just saying the same thing over and over and over again. And I was like, none of it is really repeated. To me, my body of work is like a body. There are no duplicate parts. One thing is the lung, one thing is a tissue, and Mm -hmm. they have common threads, and there's, there's common threads of understanding about how the body of material works together that is helpful, but every single thing is... Is unique. And if you're struggling trying to make sense or to figure out where to start, I recommend move your DNA as a really great place to, to start with the overall reading and then the movement multivitamin as a way to just get your start yourself moving. And without even mm-hmm. having to like take more time. It's like just give me 18 little exercises that I can do every day that will kind of be more nutritious. So I just wanted to say that because I had no idea how the podcast was the sole resource for yeah. most people and it's yeah. like a
1: supplement to me it's a supplement well, that's what I always thought it was but it was you know it's good eye-opening for us to oh to, and I love to it that out. yeah you're gonna listen to it now uncut <laughs> maybe some of it should have been cut but we we did our best and we had a blast and we had a nicely packed house so go ahead and listen to the show there oh, we go away All we right. go Woohoo! Tonight, instead of the regular, like, I'm going to talk about this book or whatever, we thought it would be good, and let me know if you can't hear me, like, wave your hand if you can't hear us. We thought it would be fun to take your questions and answer them podcast style, and this is going to go into a future podcast, so y'all are going to be famous pretty soon, because you're going to be in this podcast. Who listens to the podcast here?
2: Wow,
0: that's great. Is there anyone who's never read a book or listen to a podcast. okay, and that's okay. It just helps. It just helps me know who we're answering questions. It's not like you have to go or anything like that. We just have to. <laughs> I just want to make sure I know yeah. who I'm speaking to.
1: And if you think of a question, and you know, just kind of like wave your card or just walk it up here, and I'll grab it for me. It's not too late to ask questions. But I think we have a pretty good amount of them. Can I well, say something
0: before you get started? Sure. I just want to say hi. Hi. <laughs> Thanks for coming out, I appreciate it. And I I just took a look at some of the questions and one thing I noticed right off the bat is the questions really are technical about specific people's issues. A lot of them are like, how can I fix my X or what's up with my Y? And so I will do my best to answer those types of questions but what I'm probably going to spend a lot of time doing is reframing those types of questions into the context that I've put forth that maybe you haven't had a chance to access and, and like where would that answer be found or how can I think about this issue? Because I think that's ultimately gonna be what's most helpful. So just so you know.
1: And that actually helps me usually figure out the answer. When she reframes something like that, the answer is right maybe. there for me. Okay. And I guess I don't, should I don't, we don't. just start? Sure. I was thinking like questions like what do you have for breakfast this morning? No? Nobody wanted to know? Okay. <laughs> we had papooses and, and watermelon juice. And watermelon juice at the, the farmer's, grass, market. The farmer's yeah. market. It was yeah. really nice. It was great. Thank you. <laughs> okay. Award winning podcast. Award winning. <laughs> okay. So here's a question. We're just going to get right into it. We're just cutting to the deep. What if I've had an old style C section? And lots of adhesions. If I'm skipping anything, it's because I can't read your writing. So does that mean, like, are you afraid to maybe do some movement because it you might be afraid of loosening up those adhesions or tearing something else? Sometimes questions
0: seem like a question, and then they're not really answerable questions. Like, what if? What okay. if? Like, So what would be the thing that you were concerned about if you had adhesions. Yeah, is it about being able to move? So I guess I will have to frame... I'll fill in the question, like, is there something I can do about it?
1: That would be good. Guess, is there is that... anything that can be done with old-style adhesions? Or old-style... Old style. You know, those old-style <laughs> adhesions. If you get the newer adhesions, it's way better for everybody. So next time you go to the doctor, ask for those. No. Yeah, so is it about... What can I do if I have these scars? Or how can I move with these scars? And I experienced that. I mean, I I have had two cesarean sections. I have the old-style adhesions. (laughs) And how has it affected your movement? Well, it actually has made me move more. At first, it made me move less because I was very afraid to move. Now I do all sorts of things like... rolling on the softball like in the DR video Mm -hmm. that you have and I think reaching more I was always afraid to reach because they said don't reach
0: and this is what's just occurred to me about questions like this that might be helpful we are a sedentary culture extremely sedentary probably more sedentary than you realize I mean you're sitting right now so maybe you realize it a little bit so like there's this general idea of okay there's sedentary and then there's people who exercise maybe you put yourself in the exercise category but if I actually charted out how much time you spend moving a day it would be a very small portion of the day and if I mapped out how many how much of your body how many of your body parts are moving per day it would be extremely small and I'm I'm in the middle of working on a A book of essays and I'm trying to explain how we don't even chew our food anymore right we have blenders and like we we have all of these automated other people and other places breaking down our foodstuffs for us because we don't even use this jaw anymore at the capacity that we would would someone else not be breaking our food down for us or some machine or some fuel or something so I think what happens is when we hear this idea that we should maybe move more, the current state of our body as we understand it, which maybe maybe you understand your body in terms of, here's a set of skills that I can currently accomplish, or perhaps here is a list of surgeries or injuries or wounds that are on my list of things that I've experienced, we're called maybe to move more, but are feel limited, like we, like that we can only move within our current abilities or with our current structure. And so I think that a lot of questions like, "Well, what about me?" I, I hear I'm going to assume that the person asking this has maybe heard a call to move more. Like you should be considering like doing X or Y or sitting on your floor instead of your couch or, or whatever.
1: They just, yeah, they just want to, they
0: but they're should. like, "But I, but I have a body that." I don't think can move. I'm afraid of moving it. Like, what happens when I start to move it? And I think that a lot of that has to do with our habit of just not moving. You know, and, like, this, this like, I would I would move, but I have these physical constraints, because we can see the physical constraints better than we can see the cultural ones, perhaps. So maybe the person will come up. If, if you have that, uh, like, I really had a specific question about this and doing... X or Y, if you want to write down that specifically, but I would say that no matter what you have, whatever is on your list of how you set, like I have these skills, I have this condition, I have whatever, that you think about all the things that you can do that maybe wouldn't affect particular issue X or area Y so that you don't feel paralyzed to not move at all lest you move in this one scary area that you go, you know what, I'm not willing, I, I got to table this body part or this movement for a while, but I'm going to acknowledge the 87% of all the other movements that I can hit. But at the same time, if you're, if you're approaching it from maybe more of a nutritious movement perspective where you're going, okay, I now get that there's these cellularly sedentary areas of my body. Like if you have an adhesion, that area is sedentary. It's like a it's a part of your body that's not moving because it's stuck to another part of the body. The whole thing is moving as a clump. But if we were to look at the actual motion within that tissue, that tissue wouldn't be moving. In which case, if you're like, I get the whole move more thing and I wanted this, I just really want to make this area more mobile, then I would say the same thing I would say for any body part. You start moving it gently. You start making a list, if you can. Of all of the non-exercise movements, starting with the exercise movements is like easy.
1: But here's what a genius I am.
0: Oh, I'm sorry. Go and ahead. Yes,
1: I just occurred to me. This is possibly about healing diastasis recti. And what if I have adhesions? And can I do that? But you address all this safety stuff in the book, correct? I mean, that just it's
0: just it's the same. It would be the same is that thing. It? Yeah, like I wouldn't. I wouldn't wait until adhesions go away right. or to go well adhesions are going to limit my ability to restore my core or whatnot, that you just start. if When you read diastasis recti or any book, you'll find that diastasis recti, for those of you who don't know, is, a, is an unnatural distancing between the right and left half of the rectus abdominis muscles. So someone might want to start working on it, but they'll be like, well, but I have adhesions in my uterus, so I wouldn't feel, or, you know, in the cutting into... The tissue to get to the uterus so I feel like the solution eludes me because I have this other issue and I would say in the same thing that I say in the book which is you just do what you can do and through that your the state of your whole body tissue starts to change and you will find yourself
1: be able to do more and more right and I think any any improvement on that I mean if this was like a midline cut I'm deciphering the the writing I mean there's still things that you still can always get closer to to putting that distance more to more of a natural distance. I mean, and I can speak from experience. I don't have that kind of surgery, but I have a lot of adhesions that I was scared to do stuff with. And because of this work, you know, I was able to heal my diastasis. So it's, it's always just little bits and pieces, little things at a time and any what ifs that are in the way I've found in my own practice with this work is that the what ifs aren't, That big of a deal I just do the work And the what ifs Kind of take care of themselves
0: Well and I think also No matter what your issue is I saw another question about osteoporosis, Like Or you know My toe Or whatever Your The whole Your Yes your toe Might be doing something And your uterus Might be doing something else And your eyes Might be doing something Differently but what those individual parts are doing is a response to what all of your body is doing all of the time. So the solution to your toe or your uterus adhesions or your eyes or whatever often isn't eye exercises or uterus exercises or toe exercises. That's, uh, it's a, like a non-holistic view. It's a, it's a way that we've had to reduce things to kind of it's understand. It's kind of
1: piecemeal. It's, it's taken all apart. It just and... doesn't
0: acknowledge that, I mean, everything's connected. And I shouldn't put air quotes around it because it's true. Thanks. But it's just that, like, we say that, we toss it off. Like, but everything's connected, man. But, but we don't actually appreciate that it is directly connected. And that you can really approach any part of your body through all the other parts. So if you are feeling uncomfortable about a certain part of your body, maybe don't start there. Start elsewhere where you're more comfortable. And you just kind of slowly swirl around. To where you wanted to end up, anyway.
1: It's a good plan. I saw a question in here, and somebody was thinking the same thing that I was thinking today. I was talking to Katie in the car because I had her alone in the car, which was a trapped, lot. <laughs> trapped. So I could just say, "What about my eye? And what about you know my ut- <laughs> what about my uterus? Forget all these other people, me, 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 me." And I and somebody asked this very similar question, and I. At first, didn't like the answer she gave me for just a second, but then I you did. You didn't like it? No, but then I did. At first, okay. I was just like, that's not the that's answer. That's never I, happened to me yeah, before, ever. Yeah, everything goes down smooth with Katie, right? <laughs> and I was talking about how I love my family so much, and I love this work, and I love moving so much. It's changed my life. I mean, I've said this. This could be my tagline. It's a lame tagline, but it could be mine. I move better at 45 than I did at 25, because of this work and that's how I came to meet her and she saved my life now I want to help other people feel better including the people that I live with I was just like I just wish you know I could get everybody to sit on the floor all the time and I wish this and that and, and we need to do a podcast so we could teach everybody how to do this <laughs> and her answer which at first I was like stupid Katie but then I listened and she answered my question for me. When I asked you, how can I do this? What can I do? Let's have a podcast.
0: Let's have a podcast of how to motivate babies and how to yeah, motivate let's, toddlers let's, and let's, how let's to have a podcast teenagers how to motivate and,
1: people. Because yeah. she has little kids, right? You kind of just say, we're walking, let's go, and they go. But when people are older, they're like, well, I don't want to do this, or I don't want to sit that way. And, and of course, everything when we're trying to get people to change their habits is typically meant with a good heart. But it can be really aggravating for the person with a good heart because...
0: Because people aren't doing what you want people them aren't to doing. do. So she yeah. gave me this answer. Do you remember what
1: you said? No. <laughs> well... Does anybody else have a question? No. Do you remember? You don't remember? I remember what she said. She said, it's the part I didn't like, but it makes sense. It's not your job. You are free. You may go. It's not your job. As much as you love somebody and you want them to do this, we are all different people. We're all going to do our own thing. And whether it's your husband or your kids or your parents... You know, your mom's complaining about her bunions, and you're like, I totally can help you with those, and she doesn't want to give up whatever. It's not your job. What was the question there? What was this question? Can I read it? Sure. Why are you asking me? Well, I don't know. How do I convince my husband to change his movement habits now in his 30s so that he is healthier later in life? And I looked at that, and I was like, oh,
0: my gosh. We were just talking about families and stuff. Well, one, it's not your job, but two, I think that... It's a bigger, there's a, really, there's a really great documentary out right now called I Am. If you haven't watched it, I highly recommend watching it. But it's essentially, you know, it's so easy to look out and go, what's the problem with the world? And we can list off all of the problems with the world, but we ourselves never really make the list, right? I am. The problem. I am my own. I am contributing in my own particular way, and there's so much work just to do on yourself that you could just focus on that, and maybe the per- your partner or or the person. I mean, it's one thing if you find it aggravating if it's your partner. When it when it you just start to be aggravated by how everyone else walking around on the street is behaving, then I think what I was saying more is perhaps being aggravated is really more the thing that you could work to deal with. Like, to be aggravated by someone else's footwear seems like maybe not the best way to spend your short time here. Like, you know what I mean? You're, like, feeling really good, but you're actually not feeling good. You've stopped feeling good. You are now aggravated by how everyone else is behaving, and that is not a joy maker. And it's also cutting into your own time to be thinking about the things that you could be doing for yourself. And thus, for me, the the way I'm framing it right now is to stop outsourcing your own responsibility. Like, if you're worrying about someone else, who's taking responsibility for you during that time you were thinking about someone else? I don't know. I'm not a philosopher. I'm not a marriage counselor, clearly. But that's the way that I've been able... Everyone's like, you must be so aggravated all the time by how everyone else behaves. And I was like, I am the opposite of... Yeah, you're like
1: the least aggravated I said I don't care today.
0: Yeah, but you said... It's not that I don't care. It's just that... All I can do is work to improve myself and to reclaim what I've been doing. And I've noticed that my attention to other people and what they're doing, specifically my negative feelings about how other people have chosen to behave, is a waste for me.
1: It was extremely freeing. I felt like the Buddha next to the other Buddha in the car.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Or you could just get rid of your couch when no one's looking. (laughs)
1: Yes. Okay. <laughs> noted. Noted.
0: And noted. All right. Are we more boring in person than yes. you thought? I feel like this is weird for us. Like we would never just start. Like, it's yeah. more like a dialogue. Yeah. So like we're feeling a little awkward. Like we would never just stand here and answer questions. Does anyone just want to yell something out right now? Because that would be more our speed. Yeah, for lunch. Oh come on. <laughs> it was good. It was delicious. Whatever. It was delicious.
1: It was. Yeah. Had a heavy meal. Nothing. El- nothing? Yeah. No, no. Yes. So, for someone, like I'm brand new to this. I, I don't know about you.
2: It's the first time I've even heard. About just this minute right now. Well, <laughs> five minutes. Ago. Okay, okay, but I'm okay. Got it. So, what about the
1: couch? Can you say anything like that? Yes,
0: this? let me. So, let me. Let me go back to the beginning.
1: Wait, are you. Are you I'm sorry. Just once I. You knew just this stuff just. Just like five minutes right ago. Yeah. Okay. It must be really boring to you. So. <laughs> oh, no, you're curious. I mean, it's. Oh, yes, wow, okay. i
0: getting it. So. so I wrote a book called Move Your DNA. Yes. It's a great book. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> mwah, mwah, mwah. So what was Move Your DNA? And I, I have lots of books, like, like a nauseating amount of books. When I walk out, I'm like, oh, I'm actually embarrassed. But if you read them all in order, what you will see is an evolution of an idea. If you look at everything that I've done over the last, it's been about 10 years, it's been an evolution of an idea. I started... I'm a biomechanist. Hi, I'm Katie. Nice to meet you. So a biomechanist is someone who who has a filter of mechanics, which is like Newtonian physics, continuum mechanics. It's like things like pressure, gravity, tension, like those types of measures. And how they influence how the body works. So when you first start in biomechanics, you learn things like, this muscle controls this joint, you know. And so if you've ever... Do you ever taken exercise class? What type of exercise have you taken? Pilates. Okay, so you take Pilates. And so you're, you're maybe you're pretty well-versed then in form. This idea that when you do an exercise, you're like, oh, you don't want to do it that way. You want to do it this way. Because when you do it this way, it achieves a particular outcome. And if you don't do it that way, you could get hurt. Or, or you won't receive the benefit of it. So that's where... Biomechanists start is it's like in joint kinematics the idea that when you do something there's a shape or a form or a geometry that when you do it that way results in a particular way. You go to a personal trainer and they say, oh no, don't don't grip this way, grip that way because the one head of your bicep won't respond if you do it that you know whatever. So I did all that through college and then when I went back to graduate school I started studying. Well, what happens like? Is your whole body ever really moving? Like, we call it a body, but what is it really? It's a trillion cells all smashed together, that that's in itself. You're just a casing of a bunch of separate bodies. And what they now know about the protective benefits of movement, like, if if you haven't heard, exercise and movement is good for you. Like, they keep finding it as a, as a as protective against particular diseases, whether it's osteoarthritis of the knee or certain cancers, depression, whatever. They'll always say like, have you been exercising? And if you're not exercising, if you're not moving, the risk of you having these issues is more. And why is that? That was the question I was mostly interested in trying to figure out really when I was in school, because it's like, well, then you have the research. It's like, well, there's a bunch of people who are exercising and they still get it. And it's like, okay, well, what was it about one type of exercise versus another exercise? And to just cut to the chase, essentially, movement works on your body in the same way that nutrition works in your body. You are eating some food, but the food the, you're not only eating for energy, you're eating for nutrients, right? You're eating for vitamins and for minerals. So it's not only for calories. But it took 500 years for people to figure out that they weren't only eating, that they couldn't just eat whatever they wanted. They weren't only eating for KCALs or for calories, for energy. Because there was people who were getting plenty of food, but they were getting these certain diseases. And it's by studying those diseases and the diet that went alongside those diseases that nutrients were formed. Like We use these terms, like nutrients and vitamins. We don't really consider where they came from. How do they figure out what vitamin C was? Well, everyone knows, right? Sailors, right? So they, we boil it down to sailors and scurvy, kind of setting aside that it was 400 years of back and forth to figure out the compound acerbic acid or vitamin C. 400 years of not pretty bashing between the scientists at the time, very similar to the current comment sections on the internet, is how it reads. But when you take vitamin C in, the reason vitamin C is a benefit, it's a reason it's a nutrient, it's a chemical compound that affects the way your cells behave when you eat it. And in the absence of it, diseases will arise. An absence of everything, vitamin D, calcium, whatever, you can name the nutrients, and there's going to be... The reason it's a nutrient is because in the absence of it, some disease... Is created, right? We think of it as medicine, like oh, I'm going to take vitamin C so I don't have X. It's like it's really the opposite. The absence of vitamin D results in this symptom. Vitamin D isn't medicine, it's a nutrient. It's like what sets those two things apart. So in that same way, movement, when you're moving, your cells are deformed in a particular way that affects the way that they behave. So that Physical deformation of a cell elicits a chemical reaction within the cell in the same way that eating a nutrient elicits a chemical reaction within the cell. So in that way, movement, you can think of movement and dietary nutrients similarly. They're both inputs that affect the way that your body behaves. So that's what I've spent a really long time working on. So then from there, it's like, okay, well, bless you. What are the movements then that are protective because we have I just said cuz it's, it's embarrassing. Okay. So let me let me just take a a side jump for a second. So I, I said at the beginning we're a sedentary culture. And that term sedentary to most people means like non-exerciser. But it really means the bulk of your like if I put a device on you to measure how much you would move a day, it would be almost zero. And then if I put, and that's just one, that means like how much whole body movement. You could be a regular exerciser, but I could find a spot on you, on everybody, that if I put a movement measure within your cells, that even the most avid exercisers would have sedentary spots. Meaning whole body movement doesn't translate into cellular movement, because cellular movement depends on many things, but mostly the adaptation to lots of movement and lots of different types of movement. So when we do move, we tend to move like in this very narrow range of these things that we call modes of exercise: running, walking, Pilates, yoga, cycling. Like we could we could probably come together and create a comprehensive list of what most people are doing for exercise. And likewise, I could come up with the comprehensive list of all the body parts that, in this exercising population, have never moved their entire life. Jawbones being one of them. Right? So breastfeeding. So move your DNA. I'm like, we don't think of breastfeeding as an exercise. Yet, if you don't get breastfeeding, and for a particular amount of time, the way that the cells are moved during that phase sets the shape of your jaw. So then when your teeth come out, your teeth don't fit inside your jaw because you miss this period of training that in nature would have absolutely occurred. It w- you would not have made it had you had not had this phase of particular movement. So we're really kind of calling on two things. This idea of mechanotransduction, which is the process by which you squish a cell and put in a nutrient. I feel like I'm ta- am I, like, talking too much right to you. You're just my friendly face right now, so I'm going to look at you. <laughs> She's like, I'm never going to a book signing again. Last then, time I raised
1: mine. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: yeah. And, then, uh, and then the other other part of it would be What are the movements that we are missing because we are not good representation of humans? We are what is called weird humans. Western, educated, industrialized, what's our? Rich, democratic. And I was like, I'm not rich. It's like, well, if you spend another time in any other country, you will find that you are wealthy. So, most of the data on health is done on weirdos. And so, we're trying to solve a problem without really recognizing that we are, by all measures, almost entirely still. And it's not a state in which the body flourishes. The end. <laughs> all right. <laughs> Can you do what? Can you take yes, take a movement break. Get out of your chairs for a second. <laughs>
1: Do you want to tell me? Do you want to tell me? She can come up here and ask it. you want to come up here and ask it with your gag? Movement break! I know, they're the cutest thing ever. Hi, guys. Hi. We, Hi. we have to be able to hold the baby, though. Did you? Yes.
2: thrift <laughs> oh. store in Hilo. Seven bucks.
0: Okay, that's enough movement. <laughs> Calm yourselves down. All right, you have a question. You want to come up here and answer right here? Sure. What's your name? Christina. Hi, Christina. Nice to meet you. Nice to meet you. you. Changed my life.
2: Oh. Um, so I bought your book okay. at the end of this pregnancy with my twins. Which which one? Uh, they, well, three of them. I okay, have one of okay, Got. Diastasis <laughs> 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 recti is the one I'm Are these yeah, talking yours? about.
1: This, I have five children. This yes. whole gag so five. I have okay. five right here.
2: Yeah. Um, and I've been working on the program for a few months and I was doing well. My question is how do you know when you're ready to progress to the next step? Because mm-hmm. I kind of went a little too fast and I've widened my diastasis in the last week and I was like, yeah, what did you do in the last week? Uh, I started doing yoga again, and I also started doing the monkey bars forward instead of sideways, which I'd been like keeping my, because I used to, you know, before this pregnancy, I was yogaing every day and monkey barring all the time, and it's that, like, I want to get back to the normal yeah. thing and trying to be like, no, but are you really ready? And I don't really know how to gauge mm. when my body's ready for those bigger loads. Okay. That's my question. All right. So it doesn't matter. This
0: could be applied to... She's speaking specifically of diastasis recti. This could be... I'm trying to transition to minimal footwear. Minimal footwear right here. Without a heel. Flexible sole. I noticed the whole gaggle of them. Yes, minimal very, footwear, cute. It's
1: very cute. It's very
0: So she's saying, like, how do I... Well, it's interesting. It's like bringing up two things for me. So one is often this type of question, which is, how do I fix myself... So that I can go back to what I was doing before. So there's two things. So with diastasis, it's a little bit different because the twin factor was part of a scenario that you're not likely, unless you want to, to experience again. I'm not going to project pretty, pretty much my think feelings five, on you. But you just don't know. Okay. You don't know. So... So like a lot of people are like, I hurt myself doing X. What are the exercises I can do so that I can get back to doing X? Keeping in mind that X was part of the lifestyle that brought about whatever you're experiencing. However, that all being said, usually if you're doing X within a context of lots of other movements, X is not going to make the same type of injuries it would were you only doing X. So that's a big piece i feel like i'm speaking in algebra code but i just mean like whatever it is in your mind to fill in the blank with that so it's just kind of what you're doing you notice that when you switched to something and the like the physiological rule is really 10 percent change at a time so you did two things you went back to doing yoga how many hours that week, I've been here like twice a week. but you just added that in this last week you added what two extra hours of a different of a new I type of movement? I so probably
2: did
0: it like four times. It was like a thirty-five or Okay. So four thirty-five minute extra sessions to your frame. It's
1: totally algebra at this point. It is.
0: You're gonna have to do the math. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And then you also decided to take on it's like we just think of like, oh, I'm just gonna use the monkey bars in a different way, not thinking that I'm going to not I'm going to call on all new strengths of my body. It's a brand new skill. Every shape in your body. Require, like your strengths your strengths don't actually parlay very well into other movements like a strength for one particular thing doesn't usually serve you in another particular even if you're even though you're on the monkey bars the entire time one skill is completely different so you just you added more than 10% like if you figured out how much like calculate how many minutes of movement you're doing specifically for like corrective exercise and then you yeah 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 right because of this but i mean like like Force, like with movement, there's the change in shape, and then there's things like force. So what I would consider your exercise time are those larger forces that you're putting in. So you just put in a whole bunch of new forces, and your structure was like, we couldn't support any of those movements. So you just, you can play, I mean, you're you're essentially experimenting with yourself. So you go, okay, well, what if I just, what if I just, everyone's negotiating their life. I imagine that 35 minutes of yoga four times a week is a wonderful balance to five kids, right? Mm -hmm. So I don't want to tell you... Right, well, then it's not affecting your mental health positively if you're stressed about an issue later on. So maybe start with three 10-minute practices. Like, you already are holding the space for... You've already amazingly carved out that time. I would just maybe since you have that time do half or a third of the higher force thing and then put more correctives in that time that you already have but you're just watching yourself like there's no other way to know because for me to know like as far as you well you don't have to overstep your bounds you could also just choose to increase it in small amounts that would be yeah think about like you know a couple a few minutes at a time five or eight minutes at a time
2: So, mm-hmm. hanging with feet on the ground, hanging, it's still swinging, going sideways and going forward. Right. Like, what, what
0: but you're watching for things like your ribs. Like, so, you, yeah. so, those are the things that you're looking for is like, yeah, can you keep your ribs down while you're doing it? Are you straining? Are you like grunting to get up? Those are the alignment points really for you to be watching. As soon as you can't maintain your form, then, then the benefit of the exercise that you're doing is eluding you. And you're creating the same forces that put you there. That and that can go for running injury. It can go for anything. You're welcome.
1: Wow. Good question. I swear this isn't a plant, but I can answer this question. Okay. The guy in the really cool Hawaiian shirt asks this because it's a beautiful oh, it's for her. shirt. It's for his oh. Okay. Uh-huh. Is there a local practitioner who can do this work? That's, that's one. <laughs> Actually, there's one sitting right next to you, too, Gal in the black. Yep. And there's a lot more of them coming because she has a couple-year program where people study a very nice, robust program to help with this. But my cards are out on the podium, so. <laughs> this one is. This is the same. Can we address shin splints? Not, not, for, not for a, a runner. runner.
0: That's a tight thing. Okay, so. I guess my two minute shin splints would be this. Shin, shin splints is when this muscle on the front of your shin is ripping away from the bone, it's painful. A lot of people will tape the uh, front of the shin back towards the bone to so that every step that you take isn't pulling it away. But it's like, um, so one of the reasons we're wearing, I'm going to use this as a plug for minimal footwear. One of the reasons we wear minimal footwear is if you have something underneath your heel all the time, Over time, you adapt by adjusting your structure to have a slight point in your foot all of the time. But it's very hard to walk with a point in your foot all of the time. Your foot has to clear the ground, which means those who are adapted to a point in their foot have to do extra work on the front of their shin to get their foot to swing through clearly. So when you do that enough, you overdevelop or you put so much tension on the front of the shin that over time... It's like we have this idea that the body can endlessly adapt to whatever we do. If you do it enough, the muscle gets strong enough. But there's a physiological range for your tissues, and when you exceed that, the muscle will just pull away from the bone. Like people have torn their ACLs or they tore, tear their Achilles tendons when the tension gets so great that finally it just starts separating. So, what was the question? Oh, and well, I can I
1: can you address them not well, the runner, but you so that so that would it. be it. Doesn't matter. I mean,
0: running could be the thing that gives you lots of. Uh, plantar flexion running is certainly a natural movement but running done in the context of sitting in the chairs the rest of the time and wearing positive heeled shoes and being sedentary for the rest of your life where you're not squatting you're never doing anything to undo or balance out or input in a different shape then you start to slowly has anyone ever seen triplets of belleville the cartoon, Triplets of Vel- Belleville, it's a hand-drawn cartoon, and the guy's a cyclist. He looks like a walking bicycle. You know, he the shape that you assume when you do your thing, whatever your thing is, slowly becomes your shape. You are extremely, I used to say malleable, but malleable isn't the best word because you have the ability to add and remove mass from your frame. So malleable really means that you're taking a fixed amount of mass and reshaping it. But that's not even what you can do. You can do one thing better. Not only can you do that, to get a different shape, you can add mass or take away mass from your body. So you are, you're not a permanent structure. But because we are sedentary people, we look like exactly the shape of a physical body that does what it does, whether it's sitting or sitting and running, or sitting and cycling, or running and cycling, or walking 40 miles a day. And this shape to the body is how anthropologists, physical anthropologists, and people who are studying this thing called mechanotransduction realize that your entire structure is really set by the loads that you're doing. We can tell, looking at your skeleton, if you're right-handed or left-handed. We can tell who. If we look at ancient populations, who were paddlers as their primary way of getting around? Who were people who moved across the water? Who walked long distances if they lived in hills? Your 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 body is your autobiography. You're writing it right now. Whatever you're doing right now, look at your hands. The way you're holding your hands and the way you're holding your head, all of those things are habitual to you. You do. I know everyone's going to be like, awkward for the rest of the talks. But... So when you decide, should you decide, I want to start moving differently, you have to honor the fact that you're wanting to move differently with a body that's adapted to this old thing. So there's this transition phase of slowly eking a new shape out of your body to be able to do the new thing. It's not just jumping into, hey, I want to be... I was going to use a letter again, variable. "I I want to do this particular task. And this physiological rule of you want your structure to slowly come along with you because the human is so the human is so excellent at adaptation and efficiency that sometimes it's if you do your new thing that you're going to do it. like like we're so we define ourselves as like i'm trying to think of like a label you could say like i'm a runner and i keep using running only cuz it's it's easy you can say i'm a runner But that's different than saying you're a mother. When you're a mother, you're a mother 24 hours a day, by definition. When you're a runner, that's like something that you did, like what, an hour, two hours? It's not really, we define ourselves by what we do a teeny tiny bit. It's like, I'm a kind person. But you'll find yourself having unkind moments. And so we define ourselves by really like these tiny behaviors and then, and then like just assume that the structure is matching the infrequency of behavior. But what you really are is a sitter. We're all sitters. ninjas. no one defines themselves that way though. you'd say you're a so runner, cool. right? And it's like you're so sitting right cool. na- no, it's not. I know nothing I say is cool or liked, frankly.
1: Just like, I mean it's not like, but it's yeah, just it's just yeah, related. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah, I'm a sitter, sitter too like we're we're in this together. Yeah. but I it's just more I, I, I find that words are really important to understand like understanding definitions and how we use language. To understand things and understand ourselves, I think needs to start being better defined. So I'm just like, I'm all about the math.
1: And I think playing detective too, like you did something today that has had me thinking all day. Again, so you were alone for like eight hours and, you know, that's all blunt. <laughs> what? We were getting breakfast, our lovely things we ate for yeah. breakfast, and we were at the farmer's market and we both went and got separate things and then there's the tables in the middle and I'm starting, I'm. We're just gonna have to walk around this table. I'm I'm looking at the table, and Katie just stands there, and then she goes, "There's grass over there." So we go and sit in the grass, and I'm like, "This is awesome! I love this! I never do this." And then we were driving around Chautauqua looking for parking because for some reason there was no parking today. And and she goes, "Look it!" And there's like this beautiful that big lawn there, right at the base. A beautiful lawn, and there's some picnic tables, and nobody's sitting in the grass, but. Everyone's jam-packed packed at but the I table But I like, I would have never even thought about that And so I think that kind of detective work And back to the I am, like it's everybody else's problem It's not me I think that kind of detective work and that kind of awareness And that kind of paying attention Helps you with your own movement And, and finding out maybe where you have movement deficiencies And where you're not doing stuff Because you don't think about it I mean, even just like tonight, you came and sat in a chair Because that is what you do, Right? We just, that's what we do. Not
0: you guys. Yeah.
1: Not you we guys are. over there. But, but that's, I mean, that's been helpful to me, is to kind of think outside that, I don't even going to say tank. box. But <laughs> think outside the tank. And, uh, but,
0: um, Which is a
1: thing from the book. The if it, if yeah. you're like, what yeah. tank? <laughs> it's a really good book. But that, that has helped me a lot. And those little things, like I consider myself kind of a movement geek and somebody who's always trying you're to... You're an think, exercise geek.
0: Well... I mean, you're becoming a movement oh, yeah. geek, but I meant, like, that we would define ourselves as, I mean, how many people, like, I hear all the time, I'm a movement nerd or whatever, but they wouldn't move all the way to the ground. You know right. what I mean? Right. That they that they only see movement in terms of really the movements you've been given permission to do. I think a lot of this has to do with movement is counterculture now, and so there's chairs there, and if you're you're going to be weird, you're not weird, but, you know, if you don't sit in the chair, it's, kind, like you don't want to be the one person in these shoes in the airport I think a lot of us thought that we had to sit in the chairs well, like, right, <laughs> yeah. like what's going to happen to you if you didn't sit in the chair you're going to get in that trouble I know, but that's the thing like that,
1: this is like, it's, it's this I do it all the it's time the grass and the picnic table and so we all go it's just what we think, so that's totally cool but I was just suggesting I don't that's... think it's what we think, I think it's what we fear Maybe, but it's it's something. When you start looking at it, you just find it everywhere. This yeah. outsourcing of your, of, you know, your movement and, and all the things that you can do to move that you don't even think about. It's really not a huge undertaking. It's just life. Yeah, uh, sure. It's life. I mean, I don't even know how to add I'm, on to that. They're but... gonna bring this cane right now and grab. Are us. We're going. I think yeah. We actually have time for one final question.
2: So really think about it. So better be good. But after that question is done, if you're interested in getting a book signed, I'd ask that you don't just all rush forward in the mad dash.
1: We need to move this equipment. Book signing blitz.
2: But rather step up, or stand up,
1: step back. We're
2: gonna go through mystery, past science fiction, and line up right. <laughs> <laughs> all right. We can take
1: our So even break. though we just and told also you afterwards. that you don't have to do what people tell you to do, you totally have to do what she just told you to do. But after that, think outside the tank oh yes afterward thank you that's why she's the smarty pants we're having a little get together at Shine you know where Shine is on 13th and Pearl 13th and Pearl we have the lounge over there we have a nice opportunity to sit and I know everybody's dying to ask me stuff and and I will be there and you can ask me the stuff and oh and Katie's coming too yay yeah. so.
0: <laughs> All right, one more question? No. you going to read it from the card? Yeah. Um,
2: in terms of the whole seating thing, do you ever have a say in how you
1: set up talks? Do I have a say in oh, how I set up talks? Do talk? we have a say? In- Actually, I okay. did, I just so you know, when I set this up, I said, I bet you a lot of the people won't want to sit. <laughs> and so have some chairs and some, but it, it just, you know. Yeah, the world's not ready to, you know what I mean? Like, you can request it, and you, keep, you can ask and put it out there. But yeah. but that's okay. I mean, I actually, I went to a, an optometrist appointment or something, and they had these horrible chairs, and I just couldn't bear to sit there while my kid was getting their eye checked. And so I just sat on the floor. And you would not believe how weird I looked to everybody. Like this homeless person sitting on the floor, but it's like, you, you have... But, I mean, you just have to make that decision and say no thanks or yes. And, and sitting is not horrible, but, you know, it's, there's just other ways to do it. I'm always learning new ways. Mm-hmm. All right. learning new ways to move. If you guys just let us get this equipment out of the way and
0: do whatever. Okay. Thank you.
1: All right. That was it. That was the Q&A. And then we had a great book signing. But we would love to thank some people. But first we had to tell people what we did afterwards. Oh my gosh. I so, wish everybody could have been there. If if you weren't there, boy, I wish you could have been there. And if you were there, thanks for coming. We had well, first of all, Katie signed a ton of books.
0: Well, here's the thing. Let me give for some. For the background. nicest people. Yes. No, I love it. Oh but my here's God. what here's what a book signing feels like. I think from my perspective, I get up it's like I speak, people are asking questions. People are shy to ask questions. I do my best to download people come. I mean, I've had people come from different States before driving like eight hours Mm -hmm. to come. And then, I mean, they're very rarely longer than 90 minutes, right? You know, the, the time that people spend in line, I think they're more like a couple hours, but, but as far as the talk is short, you know, 45 minutes to maybe an hour and then you sign, sign, sign books and people wait in line to get to talk to you for 90 seconds to a few minutes. And I, I like to have a conversation with every single person. So everyone who stood in line, thank you so much for giving everyone the space to have a conversation, but that's it. And I've always felt like, man, these people come from so far have come out, have gotten babysitters and they just like, it's inadequate. I feel like I always feel like I'm letting everyone down (laughs) because I can never really connect with all of the people that I, that I want to, I'm really trying to keep my connection with readers to be more equal. So it's not like people know a ton about me and I know nothing about everyone else. That's just not okay with me. It's not an authentic uh, relationship. So for the, so we thought that we would throw an after party for our book signing. So Danny, why don't you tell them what Danny did a ton of work and wow, who helped?
1: Oh gosh, I, I did so little work compared to Pamela, who oh, is a longtime um, Katie fan and reader and just a wonderful super friend. Super lovely. Oh, my yeah, gosh. Super lovely. I adore her. So she her. found this awesome place. She found us this place in a in a town that was completely booked. And she found us this place at the last minute Was that was the most perfect Katie spot <laughs> I mean, everybody loved it. It was a restaurant called Shine and we were in the beautiful lounge and I had the best plate of ravioli. I mean, it's the best plate of almost anything in my life. It was fantastic. But we got to talk with so many people. So many people came to the after party and we just ate together. We
0: were just, just sitting around a dinner table or yeah. a dining table.
1: Yeah. How many hours were there? Like a
0: couple we hours? There a couple hours. Yeah. I had a stinging nettle. Elixir.
1: Mm, Yeah. They make these potions there that are just infused with all this stuff. And it was, it was remarkable, really great atmosphere, great food, great Mm -hmm. service and great people. And just thanks to everyone who came and spent time with us because I got to know so many of your listeners.
0: Great people. Our listeners. Our listeners. Sorry.
1: (laughs) It was really great. Thanks to Pamela and thanks to shine for having an excellent restaurant for the after party. And thanks to Boulder Bookstore, and especially Teresa, who really, she did great intro for us and yeah. understood that we were giant book geeks and let us smell the books and all that stuff. Thanks, we Teresa. Each go,
0: we each left with new books. Yeah, we did. And also, also, what I was going to say is we signed a bunch of extra books. Yeah. I mean, I must have signed 30 more books. So if you are in the Boulder area. Of all your books. Of all my books. They had, I didn't even take a picture of the display. I, I, they had I did. Oh, you did. Well, I took a picture so, you
1: signed in the books, which I'll post in the notes, but there, there was tons. that,
0: but there was, when we walked up, all of the books were out and and I was like, wow, I have written an obnoxious amount of books. Like they were just all there mm. laughing at me. Oh, uh, God. <laughs> like, you no, know, it's for my sixth grade class. Yeah. <laughs> no, it was great.
1: <laughs> yeah. And thanks to Pamela again for finding, doing all your footwork and, and finding the place for us. Did you just say footwork? Did, oh, I,
0: would, oh. I, I think that we're gonna have to change the show to Katie says Danny puns. Oh yeah!
1: In fact, it was a, it was adorable. One listener came up to me afterwards. She's so cute, and she goes, "I'm a little disappointed. I really thought this would be more punny." And <laughs> and I just felt like, oh my gosh, I really got to go home and work harder on this, you know. But I just like when it flows naturally, and it just uh, sometimes it comes, sometimes it goes. But we also have to thank Jeff your
0: husband, your whole family was amazing. So let me just say I travel for work. I'm a, I'm a gig. I call myself a gig mom, the shout out to Gabby Reese, who has coined that term of, you know, I don't have, I go to work every day, but often my work is done within the context of my home. And, you know, I can pop out and in, I I've really made a conscious effort to be able to work without leaving my family, but sometimes it's unavoidable. Sometimes I have to go to New York, Sometimes I have to go to L.A., sometimes I have to go to Boulder. And what I do, it usually involves me leaving my family at the last minute. Right. So I, I plan down to like, OK, and I'm going to have breakfast. I'm going to take my walk, have breakfast and then drop them to school. And then I'm going to go start the four hour trek from the amazing place that I live to get to an airport, you know, and then I fly and then I land And I'm trying to be away from my family for such a short period of time that everything becomes ridiculously compressed. It's not relaxing. It's physiologically taxing. Mm -hmm. I don't feel well doing it. But you and your family went out of your way to make this probably the best I've ever felt uh, on a traveling trip. So let me just say what I did. So I did that whole thing. Like I just said, you know, I walk on the ferry, I get to the airplane, land at midnight, Danny picked me up at eight in the morning. I got up in the morning and I did about a half an hour of a yoga download that I have that I just really love just for the meditative. It really calms me and it kind of like detravels. And yes, I had to sit on the floor of the hotel, but whatever. For those of you who know what's in the hotel floors, Mm-mm-mm. you can, you can over yeah. There. Exactly. Oh, well, no, sorry. And then you pick me up and then she took me to, you know, first of all, Boulder, we could just say thank you to Boulder, Colorado. For existing. Exactly. (laughs) So you took me to the farmer's market where I was able to have the most gorgeous meal of my life. And she even, when I was like, you know, my point is when I go to a new place to eat something that I can't get normally, that's my normal rule. Get the house specialty, get the thing that the town is known for. Well, where I live, there's nothing. There are no, we have a few restaurants, but we have no ethnic restaurants we're only just a couple Like, there's no Indian for there's no nothing. So everything I was like, I want everything. So Danny even sacrificed whatever she wanted so that I could have two things and we could share them. So thanks for taking that one for the team. Oh,
1: well, I do what I can.
0: Yeah. I mean, you're so generous. Yeah. And so like I had two, essentially two amazing meals. We got to sit outside and I mean, it was sunny, we sat outside in the park and just soaked up the sun, which is also one of my favorite things to do. She and her amazing family, her children are the warmest, most personable, but like clever and engaged with adults. Like they were fantastic, like amazing. And your husband was the same. He's pretty good with
1: adults too. (laughs) Your
0: husband is so, your husband is so clever. Yeah, he's a great guy. Yeah, he was great. And they took me on this amazing hike called the Chewbacca.
1: it? <laughs> the Chewbacca. It? It's the Chautauqua. The Chautauqua. It's kind of like a classic boulder. You know, everybody's got to do the Chautauqua. Yeah. Yeah. We did the Chautauquas,
0: and again, it was a couple hours, just sunshine, fresh air, texture, terrain. talking, Oh,
1: climbing. my goodness.
0: And then we went out to lunch to this grocery store that is like super sustainable, clean food, had an amazing lunch. Yeah. Lucky's Market Cafe. Yeah. And then, and then I thought we were going to go home for a nap, but we did. And we had to go home for a quick shower. Oh, and then even the farmer's market, I got like fresh asparagus and we got fresh rhubarb. Like it was just, I felt like I was at home. And then to top it all off, she wakes me up in the morning and we get to go on a walk before I have
1: to fly home. Oh, and you, you made us breakfast. You made us your fantastic rhubarb quiche, which we're now all completely helplessly, hopelessly hooked on.
0: I know. I've, so I think I have made it five times this month. Oh my like gosh, I, it's so good. I'm
1: looking at it right now. Mm.
0: The kids now make it. The kids it was, are like, we didn't it was tons of it was, fun. It was. So thank you and Jeff and just Boulder, yeah. the world. And for everyone who listens, I just, we are very fortunate. We completely understand it. And I uh, just want to say thank you. Yes, thank you all so much. All right. All right. Too much, so much gratitude. Let's I move know. on. <laughs> just kidding. Thanks for everyone who came. And hopefully I will come if you're, I know everyone's like, well, when are you going to come to this town? And yeah. just, sometime in the future, may I be close to your town?
1: That's, yes. And be prepared that. to sacrifice what you want for breakfast for Katie. All right. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Thanks everybody. Thanks for listening. For more information, books, online classes, et cetera, you know you can find Katie Bowman and her work at nutritiousmovement.com. And you can learn learn more about me, Danny Hammett, movement warrior and what, hostess with the mostest? I don't know. Totes, totally. Totes. Totes. <laughs> at moveyourbodybetter.com. Bye. Bye. We hope you find the general information on biomechanics, movement and alignment informative and helpful, but it is not intended to replace medical advice and shouldn't be used as such.